The views and opinions expressed on coffee and compatibility are those of the podcast host and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Ashi. Hey there, Ashi friends and family, and welcome to another episode of Coffee and Compatibility. We have a great episode for you today. We're talking Lab Professionals Recruitment Task Force. This is a special task force created by Ashi to look at professional uh, recruitment and how we can retain people in this field and get new people interested in the, the fields of histocompatibility and immunogenetics. We have two special guests with us to talk about this today, Dr. Kathy Gebhardt and Dr. Cordy Kadika. Uh, Dr. Kathy is a director in the Immunology Laboratory at LifeLink Foundation in Tampa, Florida. She's actively involved in both ASHI and ASCP, serving as the co-chair for the ASHI Laboratory Professional Recruitment Initiatives Task Force. Dr. Cordy Kadika accrued nine years of experience in uh, uh, Southwest Immunodiagnostics, excuse me, before assuming the role of Director of Clinical Education and assistant professor at the Medical Laboratory Science Program at UT Health. Uh, Kathy and Cordy, thank you so much for being on the show with us today. Is it all right if we call you uh, Cordy and Kathy? Yes, that's great. And just to a point of clarification, um, I am not a doctor, uh, but thank you for the promotion. (laughs) You've earned um, it. Exactly. (laughs) Welcome. (laughs) Exactly. I'm sure it's doctor of pickleball or doctor of of ultimate frisbee, or I'm sure you have a PhD and PhD level knowledge of, uh, <laughs> You're of not more, wrong. Than, more than a few things. Dealing with people's stuff. <laughs> there you that, go. <laughs> that's coming later. Cordy's uh, <clears throat> PhD level uh, level knowledge. Well, thank you both for being on the show with us today to talk uh, uh, lab professional recruitment. So. Um, uh, if we might, uh, how did you both first start getting involved with with professional recruitment? What is the task force uh, working on, and how how did that uh, come into uh, existence? Uh, how did we get where we are today? Essentially, I was brought in later, so the board put this group together in recognition that staffing is an issue, and that we really needed to to reach out in partnership with other groups. And I think I was brought in essentially because of my relationship with ASCP, as I've been with the Board of Certification since 2007, and we're always talking about the shortage in staffing that's that's going to come up. So it's been great to to partner and and start this. So I'll let Cordy talk about how she got involved, and then we can talk about what we're doing. Thanks, Kathy. Um, So I, along with Kathy, kind of came in a little bit later Um, And I believe that uh, my tie-in is because of my role in the current medical laboratory science program here at UT Health. Um, Like Jeremy said, I've worked in HLA, um, and then I came back to the program that I graduated from um, here at UT Health in order to um, try and promote the program, try and promote laboratory science to other individuals. Okay. And as far as what we're doing, I think a lot of the initial work surrounded in developing a focus. What what is needed and, and what can we really help with? 
And I think we all agree that one of the, the greatest issues is the lack of visibility. I, I know personally, when I was in school, I had no idea about uh, laboratory medicine as a profession, let alone laboratory medicine in transplant laboratories. And so we understand that we need to get the word out that we have physicians, that it's a great career to have. And then there's several other initiatives that we're working on that are, are more specific as all the HLA labs are very different. Some of us must have certified people that we hire within the laboratory. Other, uh, others of us have greater leeway. Some of us have schools close and some of us do not. So we're partnering again with these larger organizations to try to achieve all of these goals. That, that's great. Thank you guys for giving us an orientation to um, the task force. Yeah, I mean, we're up against this really interesting times. So you'll talk to some laboratories who have, uh, you know, a lot of technologists that have like decades of experience. And then you'll talk to some other laboratories. And I would say that mine falls in this latter category where the technologists are very, very new to the field. Um, and in, in my lab, at least, we, we have finally found ways to increase retention, um, but a lot of labs are kind of a revolving door. They see people using HLA laboratories as a stepping stone to something else, to nursing school, to medical school, um, to a different type of laboratory practice. And I know those are kind of the main concerns that the task force is considering. I think it was the ASCP that said that um, vacancy rates in clinical labs are somewhere between like 7 and 13% on average, and they're expecting retirement rates in clinical labs to be up somewhere like 20% in the next few years. Um, and maybe it's because of that data that the task force has really, and I understand, Kathy, this was largely initiated by you, um, has really gone after this partnership with ASCP, can you tell the audience what ASCP is and why ASHI would benefit from a partnership with ASCP? Sure. ASCP is the Association for Clinical Pathologists, and it is a professional organization which also is associated with a certifying organization. So we provide lots of education for medical technologists and other laboratory professionals. And we're a great advocating group, so we're, we're very active with Congress as far as uh, trying to, to promote our profession and to, to basically push for those things that, that the laboratory community is concerned about. And so one of the things that has come up is that there's many, many different groups and societies that all kind of cover a niche of the laboratory science community. And as, as individual groups, we have a very small voice. But if we bond together with AACP and other organizations such as AABB, NACLS, the accrediting organizations, we also have the organizations that accredit the laboratories. And we're all trying to pool together and share our resources to try to overcome this. Because this, as I said, we knew this was coming but with COVID, the retirements came much earlier than expected, and the, the crisis has, has really been amplified and is very bad in some locations. Yeah, you know, it's really been a, a struggle, I think, across the spectrum to, to address how we do this. You know, one, something I'm, I'm interested in, Cordy, is to see your, what's your insight or opinion on how, like, we as, a, as an ASHI community address 
these challenges of, you know, trying to prevent the revolving door that Kelly mentioned? I mean, retention is so important. I think um, serving current um, employees and seeing what is working, what is keeping them, um, what is motivating them um, in order to stay is going to be really important. And again, we can share that information. Um, I've been working with uh, uh, COLA, the Workforce Action Alliance. Um, and we've been discussing the exact same thing, how to retain and how to recruit people into our field. So um, surveying, you know, trying to figure out uh, why people want to stay and, and, and really increase awareness and passion um, in what we do in HLA is really important. Um, so I'd like to ask both of you for your opinions about where you think our biggest roadblock is. Are are we having issues at the institutional level um, where maybe we're not getting the hospital support or the laboratory support for salaries or incentives that we need to effectively recruit people? Or is our major barrier at the educational level? Uh, these folks don't know HLA exists during their training or they feel um, it's too mysterious and they're, they're just not interested, or is it, is it both? What do you both think? I really feel like at the educational level, um, students are confused as to what HLA is. They're not really exposed to the specialty labs um, as much as they are those core laboratories. Um, and I'm having trouble graduating them fast enough in order to fill the gaps just here in San Antonio. So um, I think at the educational level, we really need to up on recruitment. Um, I will talk about it later, but um, I think Ashi did a really great job, you know, really introducing um, the world of HLA to our current MLS students here at UT Health. And we did it a couple of different ways. Um, Dr. Hitchman came to do, uh, does our intro to HLA lecture every year. Yes, that's me recruiting you again for this year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. I love it. <laughs> That's great. Um, and then, you know, having the students tag along to an Ashi annual meeting was such a great experience for them. So definitely starting them, um, introducing them to HLA in different avenues um, during their educational level, I think would be really important. I would say, agree. It's, it's both. And I would say at the institutional level, it varies. Some places are doing a great job and other places are having trouble getting the ear of their administration. But even if you've gotten the ear of your administration and they are being competitive with salaries and, and recruitment packages, it's still getting people to know we exist. And that's on many different levels. So when we talk about the educational level, you know, we don't have enough schools to graduate the number of employees that we need in the next few years and how are we going to make that work and it's not just the schools here in in florida um, we found out that students are being discouraged by their counselors from pursuing a career in medical laboratory science when they approach the counselors and they say they want to do it because the counselors say that the internships are too competitive and then they will end up with a degree without being able to complete complete their internship and get their certification. So they're actually discouraging people for that reason. So we really need to work with our hospital partners and increase the capacity to train the individuals 
in the laboratory. I think that's a huge barrier right now. Yeah, you know, I think you're bringing up a good point that there's like many sort of insertion points along an individual's career and trajectory where, you know, ASHI as a community can insert itself to, you know, guide and sort of lead the field there. I'd like to get both of your opinions on what what would you like to see ASHI ta- do or take a role on to sort of elevate what you've both touched on as, you know, increasing the visibility of what we all do in our collective labs um, or what your thoughts are on how we can sort of tackle that? I think the first thing I'd like to say is um, create some sort of internship program. Um, I know that my current program, Medical Laboratory Science here at UC Health, we have a special topics practicum um, that allows students a one-week experience in the two, either HLA lab here in San Antonio Um, They also have other experiences as well, Um, but I think if we could get ASHI support um, to host students, um, either for a credit or non-credit type of program, then I think that's just another way to increase awareness. Yeah, I think, you know, taking advantage, again, of, of facilitating the relationships we as, as a group with our workforce ha- had a call with a program director from a molecular program in Connecticut. And she talked about the difficulty that she has placing her students. And they, they expect that they will have to travel somewhere across the US to, to complete their internship. And that call alone, we were able to have several HLA laboratories be like, hey, we would love to host and I think building those connections, but it's not just building the connections, there's there's a formal side to it. You have to have agreements and legal documents in place in order for those students to come into the laboratory. And so I think you know we could take advantage of people that have already built those relationships and form those documents to, to help other laboratories that are willing to host students to do the same thing. Cordy, I think it was you that mentioned earlier um, doing surveys to find out what's important to your staff and and how to retain them. I think it's uh, one really big element of this is that uh, uh, individual laboratories need to need to find out that information, what's important to to their individual teams for their individual settings, and then creatively come up with staffing models and staffing plans that will allow them to 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 um, to give their staff some of those benefits that they that they really value. So coming up with creative staffing models is, I think, maybe an, an underappreciated element of this. Uh, what are some creative ways that you you've heard about where uh, labs are arranging their staffing uh, staffing models and their their workflows to help better support their teams and help retain their employees? I really think developing a really effective career ladder. Um, for your center is really the way to go. So um, as people are hired, um, they're trained, um, you know, we want to encourage them to obtain their certifications, their CHT, and then eventually their CHS. Um, So that being said, I really feel that, um, that establishing some sort of a model that um, encourages, you know, uh, participation in different ASHI events, in um, in regional meetings, in national meetings, um, and in, and 
you know, uh, developing a career ladder, which talks about, you know, promotions and, you know, how you can really stay committed to the role. Um, I think that's going to be really important when it comes to, um, you know, retaining uh, good employees. So just to add on uh, to what Cordy had said, you know, it's a great segue into what the coalition is doing because we they're developing these pillars that are valuable resources that administration can tie into to prepare documents and for their C-suite to basically justify what they're doing, what they need, how to present the documents in order to optimize the chance that you are going to get the funding for the continuing education for all these other avenues of retention that Cordy was talking about. Well, I think that actually, unfortunately, wraps up our, our time here with, with both of you. Thank you again for joining us, Kathy and Cordy. And if you are a, a medical laboratory student out there listening to this podcast, please know that we want you for the HLA field. Uh, please look up your local HLA laboratory. Look at the ASHI website and, uh, uh, and email anybody, literally anybody you can find. We, we want you for, uh, for the HLA field. Well, Kathy and Cordy, thank you so much for being with us today. We've really enjoyed having you on. Thank, thank you, you so much for having us. Dr. Weimer, Mr. Cheryl, what did you think of Kathy and Cordy and the task force? Overall, I thought it was it's such a great initiative. And, you know, it's something that I think we all struggle with, but, you know, I'm really glad and excited to hear that Ashi is taking a, a leadership position to drive the initiative across all the like tentacles, right? So something that sticks out to me is the number of different avenues in which, you know, we all eventually end up at the same, you know, headquarters, right? HLA and immunogenetics, but to all the different ways we get here and how early in that process we probably should like step in and like share how cool we are. Yeah, I was very encouraged, uh, not only by what we heard today from Cordy and Kathy, but also what was shared uh, at the uh, ASHI annual meeting in the technologist forum about what the task force is doing for, for how long they've been working uh, uh, towards this goal. They have achieved a tremendous amount. And so ASHI is doing really great things, and I'm very encouraged uh, by, by what they're doing uh, on this task force. I think we also have to keep in mind, though, that ASHI can't do this for us. ASHI can't solve this problem uh, on its own, that individual labs really need to be creative uh, and come up with solutions for their own labs on top of what ASHI is, is doing uh, on a larger scale. So I'm really encouraged uh, overall by, by where we're going with this, and I, I think it's something for all of us to keep working on in our own settings. Yeah, I think I think the future, you know, is very generationally driven. Um, we've we've got to change, and we've got to evaluate what is most meaningful and valuable to the technologists of the future. Um, so talk to your folks, understand what their needs are, and what means something to them, and adjust accordingly. I think um, I think it's a great initiative. I think it's good to get at that at the national and international level as well as on the local level in our own laboratories. This partnership with ASCP is gonna be huge. Such a big, uh, big entity with so much experience behind itself um, and so many great tools um, to partner with. 
Um, so kudos to uh, Kathy, kudos to Cordy, kudos to the whole task force. Absolutely. What you're doing is so meaningful to Ashi. Yeah, great. That's a wrap for today's episode of Coffee and Compatibility. Thanks all for listening. We will see you next time.